episode 66. Jim considered himself too old for Halloween anyway. He said he wouldn't be caught anywhere near the high school at something like that. Uh, well, I thought Atticus would take me. I soon learned, however, that my services would be required on stage that evening. Mrs. Grace Merriweather had composed an original pageant entitled Maycomb County, Ad Astera Per Aspera. It means toward the stars through struggle. And I was to be a ham. She thought it would be adorable if some of the children were costumed to represent the county's agricultural products. Cecil Jacobs would be dressed up to look like a cow. Agnes Boone would make a lovely butter bean. Another child would be a peanut. And on down the line until Mrs. Merriweather's imagination and the supply of children were exhausted. Our only duties, as far as I could gather from our two rehearsals, were to enter from stage left as Mrs. Merriweather, not only the author, but the narrator, identified us. When she called out, Pork! That was my cue. Then the assembled company would sing, Make em County, Make em County, We Will I Be True to Thee, as the grand finale, and Mrs. Merriweather would mount the stage with the state flag. My costume was not much of a problem. Mrs. Crenshaw, the local seamstress, had as much imagination as Mrs. Merriweather. Mrs. Crenshaw took some chicken wire and bent it into the shape of a cured ham. This she covered with brown cloth and painted it to resemble the original. I could duck under and someone would pull the contraption down over my head. It came almost to my knees. Mrs. Crenshaw thoughtfully left two peepholes for me. She did a fine job. Jim said I looked exactly like a ham with legs. There were several discomforts, though. It was hot. It was a close fit. If my nose itched, I couldn't scratch, and once inside, I could not get out of it alone. When Halloween came, I assumed that the whole family would be present to watch me perform, but I was disappointed. Atticus said as tactfully as he could that he just didn't think he could stand a pageant tonight. He was all in. He had been in Montgomery for a week and had come home late that afternoon. He thought Jem might escort me if I asked him. And Alexandra said she just had to get to bed early. She'd been decorating the stage all afternoon and was worn out. She stopped short in the middle of her sentence. She closed her mouth, then opened it to say something, but no words came. What's the matter, Auntie? I asked. Oh, nothing. Nothing, she said. Somebody just walked over my grave. She put away from her whatever it was that gave her a pinprick of apprehension and suggested that I give the family a preview in the living room. So Jem squeezed me into my costume, stood at the living room door and called out, Pork! Exactly as Mrs. Merriweather would have done, and I marched in. Atticus and Aunt Alexandra were delighted. I repeated my part for Calpurnia in the kitchen, and she said I was wonderful. 
and wanted to go across the street to show Miss Maudie, but Jem said she'd probably be at the pageant anyway. After that, it didn't matter whether they went or not. Jem said he would take me. Thus began our longest journey together. Chapter 28 The weather was unusually warm for the last day of October. We didn't even need jackets. The wind was growing stronger, and Jem said it might be raining before we got home. There was no moon. The street light on the corner cast sharp shadows on the Radley house. I heard Jem laugh softly. Bet nobody bothers them tonight, he said. Jem was carrying my ham costume, rather awkwardly, as it was hard to hold. I thought it gallant of him to do so. It is a scary place, though, ain't it? I said. Boo doesn't mean anybody any harm, but I'm right glad you're along. Now, you know Atticus wouldn't let you go to the schoolhouse by yourself, Jem said. Don't see why. It's just around the corner and across the yard. That yard's a mighty long place for little girls to cross at night, Jem teased. Ain't you scared of Haints? We laughed. Haints hot steams, incantations, and secret signs had vanished with our years as mist with sunrise. What was that old thing? Jim said. Angel bright, life and death, get off the road, don't suck my breath. Cut it out now, I said. We were in front of the Radley place. Jim said, Boo must not be at home. Listen. High above us in the darkness, a solitary mocker poured out his repertoire in blissful unawareness of whose tree he sat in. Plunging from the shrill kee-kee of the sunflower bird to the irascible of a blue jay, to the sad lament of poor Will, poor Will, poor Will. He turned the corner and I tripped on a root growing in the road. Jem tried to help me, but all he did was drop my costume in the dust. I didn't fall, though, and soon we were on our way again. We turned off the road and entered the schoolyard. It was pitch black. How do you know where we're at, Jim? I asked when we'd gone a few steps. I can tell we're under the big oak because we're passing through a cool spot. Careful now. Don't fall again. We had slowed to a cautious gait and were feeling our way forward so as not to bump into the tree. The tree was a single and ancient oak. Two children could not reach around its trunk and touch hands. It was far away from teachers, their spies, and curious neighbors. It was near the Radley lot, but the Radleys were not curious. A small patch of earth beneath its branches was packed hard from many fights and furtive crap games. The lights in the high school auditorium were blazing in the distance, but they blinded us, if anything. Don't look ahead, Scout, Jem said. Look at the ground and you won't fall. You should have brought the flashlight, Jem. Didn't know it was this dark. Didn't look like it'd be this dark earlier in the evening. So cloudy, that's why. It'll hold off a while, though. Someone leaped at us. God Almighty, Jem yelled. A circle of light burst in our faces, and Cecil Jacobs jumped in glee behind it. Ha, ha, ha! Gotcha! He shrieked. Thought you'd be coming along this way. 
What are you doing way out here by yourself, boy? Ain't you scared of Boo Radley? Cecil had ridden safely to the auditorium with his parents, hadn't seen us, then had ventured down this far because he knew good and well we'd be coming along. Shucks, ain't much but around the corner, said Jim. Who's scared to go around the corner? We had to admit Cecil was pretty good, though. He had given us a fright, and he could tell it all over the schoolhouse. That was his privilege. Say, I said, ain't you a cow tonight? Where's your costume? It's up behind the stage, he said. Mrs. Merriweather says the pageant isn't coming on for a while. You can put yours back at the stage by mine, Scout, and we can go with the rest of them. This was an excellent idea, Jem thought. He also thought it a good thing that Cecil and I would be together. This way, Jem would be left to go with people his own age. When we reached the auditorium, the whole town was there, except Atticus and the ladies worn out from decorating, and the usual outcasts and shut-ins. Most of the county, it seemed, was there. The hall was teeming with slicked-up country people. The high school building had a wide downstairs hallway where people milled around booths that had been installed along each side. Oh, Jim, I forgot my money, I sighed when I saw them. Atticus didn't, Jim said. Here's 30 cents. You can do six things. See you later on. Okay, I said, quite content with 30 cents and Cecil. I went with Cecil down to the front of the auditorium through a door on one side and backstage. I got rid of my ham costume and departed in a hurry, for Mrs. Merriweather was standing at a lectern in front of the first row of seats making last-minute frenzied changes in the script. 